It is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back on a Friday. Hope you're having a good one, as we say. Good afternoon. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Vegas. Michael Lombardi, of course, hanging out in Jersey. Michael, if I could throw to you yeah. quickly, we're going to be able to wager eventually on the NBA. Lately, we've been trying to avoid it because how can you? You're li- it's literally craps. All I'm going to tell you is the updated play-in scenarios, okay? So tonight, okay, yeah. so tonight, the Lakers are playing Portland. Essentially, those two are tied right now at 6 and 7. Remember, 7, 8, 9, and 10 are in the play-in. So the Lakers are 6. Tonight's game... Uh, essentially winner takes all because it's, it, 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 it depends or excuse me, it dictates the tie situation with the Lakers and the Portland trailblazers tonight, Anthony Davis, his back froze up. It locked up yesterday with back spasms. So he only played nine minutes. Obviously LeBron's going to be out. That's why you see eight and a half is the number tonight with Portland laying it. Uh, but those two teams, uh, your, your, your 76ers. I, I'm laughing because what is happening right now with Brooklyn? Can you explain? They've just lost four straight. They lost last night to the Mavs. They may fall to three. Look, I think Brooklyn has made it very clear to anybody who wants to pay attention. You know, forget steam. Forget everything. Brooklyn's saying, look, we're the best team in this league. Just get us to the tourney. That's all we need to do. We'll handle everything else once we get there. They could care less about every other scenario. Yep. They could care less. And so, you know, Philly ends up, Philly gets the one seed, which really to me I think is helpful for them because then they don't have to deal with some of the Milwaukee in the, in, in the second round. And so I think it gives them a great opportunity. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. So the, the eighth seed right now in the East could come from the winner of the Indianapolis Pacers and the Washington, Washington uh, Capitals. Almost said bullets there for a second, you know. And so there we go. And then, you know, we go from there and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know I don't know how it all goes into the seventh seed. I thought maybe they play Charlotte, but there's so much imbalance that that's still up in the air. But you know, Philly gets to play Washington and then they get to play, you know, Atlanta New York. Yeah. In round two, and then it gets to three, and then all of a sudden they're in the conference final. I mean, this is what the great Will Hill's been talking about for a while. Yeah, the Nets slipping. Milwaukee's just a half game. They don't behind. care. I, I, no, they don't we care. care more than they do. You're we right. care more about home court than they do. I don't know why we talk. They, we don't care about it. You know, Utah cares. Utah cares because they've got altitude and they've got a tough arena to play in, and I'm sure there'll be fans in, in, in Salt Lake City when it comes time for to play them as I'm sure there'll be fans in Philadelphia. Look, the governor, as of today here in New Jersey, lifted all restrictions. Milwaukee. And we still have yeah. to social distance for so six So wait, you guys just feet. had – repeat that. You guys just had all restrictions lifted in Jersey? All restrictions. It's still you, – you know, you still have to have six feet between you and somebody else. So bars are now open, okay, and you could sit at a bar. We could never sit at a bar in the last – you know, forever. Right. And so you can now sit it, but there has to be six feet. There has to be that social distancing. So I would suspect that the 76er games, you know, if the Wells Fargo holds 20,000, I would think they're going to get 12,000 in there. 
hundred percent. And they've been great the last two seasons at home, Philadelphia. This is important for them. They're sitting one. You mentioned Utah sitting one seed in the West. That's home court throughout quickly. Milwaukee, a half game behind sitting three in the East half game behind the Nets. They do own the tie break. So if the Nets continue to flounder, the Milwaukee will move up the two. They've lost four straight. The Nets, the Mavs and Luke has been bitching about the play in scenario. Michael, they've got eight wins in the last 11. Games, so they're sitting alone at five in the West. Outside of that, I mean, it is like if you look at the East, think about this Boston and Miami are tied. I think Boston has the tie break there, but Miami seven. That was a team that was in the finals last year. It's just been a weird year. Charlotte sitting eight. Indiana, who's going to fire their head coach, is sitting nine. Washington, who all of a sudden with the two guards is going crazy, are sitting ten. Yeah, so the way it goes, the winner of the nine, the nine ten plays the loser of the seven eight. That's right, right. The winner of the okay, seven eight so, is in. The loser of the seven eight plays the winner of nine ten. Right, and so that that means the winner of nine ten goes to play. So if Washington beats Indiana or if Indiana wins, they're playing Philly. No, that's not right because they still have to play the the they have loser to play the loser of seven eight. Well, this is complicated now. Wow, they made this way more complicated than they had to. But it makes up, you know, they went from 82 games to 72, so it makes up for the games in terms of how much the ratings. You know, what's your odds on where, what, what round of the playoffs do they end up beating the draft ratings on television? That is a you know, the numbers are way down in the NBA. You know this. Shock. Nobody, well, there's, you know, nobody talks about it, but it's way that nobody's, nobody's watching. The I mean, draft yeah. was... Why would you watch? I mean, I love the NBA as much as anybody. I'm not anti the NBA. I'm going to watch the NBA. I, I, I'm not making this a political statement whatsoever, but they don't care about the regular season. No. I mean, Silver has to do something about it. He has to say, look, you know, the question I was asked somebody last night, I used to work in the NBA, I said, what would David Stern be doing right now? And he said, David Stern would be really nervous. Be losing his mind. He would be really nervous. Yeah, you'd be really upset because the quality of the play in the regular season, you you can't you can't tell me that the TNT executives and the ESPN executives and the ABC executives are happy with the product they're airing. It's not. It's a G League product right now. You know, and I, maybe it's because of the bubble. Maybe, you know, we've had too many seasons back-to-back. I get that. You know, I get that, and I understand it. And I understand, you know, this whole thing of, of load management that has come into our world that never existed when Michael Jordan played, and he seemed to get around it pretty well and had a long career. But for some reason, it's taken off and it has its own life. And we're not getting the quality of play. I mean, typically, you know, you get Milwaukee playing Boston or Milwaukee playing the Nets. It's, you think it's a great game, and then you go turn it on. There's, you know, guys you don't even know who's on the court. So do you want me to give you – now, again, 2020 – is a bit of an anomaly, but I'll give you the finals last year with the Lakers and the Heat. The first three games of that series averaged about 6.7 viewers. Now, the numbers were down huge, but 6.7. The draft averaged almost 13 million. Yeah. And they're on a different planet. They're, gonna, they're on a different planet. I don't think they're. The NFL is on a different planet. As much as Cuban said the NFL was going to decline, he's wrong. Oh, he's insane. The NFL is not going to decline. <laughs> yeah, the NFL's not declined. The the NBA's never going to take over the NFL because it's it, it, because there's too many games. There's too many games. There's too many bad teams. 
There's he, too many bad teams. People want to people want to put a team in Seattle and have the Supersonics come back, and I'm all for it. But do you want to dilute the league even more? Simply put, and this whole tanking and this whole tanking it doesn't help the league either. No, it doesn't. Like, who are we tanking for? What? How good is this draft? Who are we tanking for? And this is simply put, the finals of the NBA was doubled by the draft of the NFL. That's simply put. Yeah. The finals numbers more double the amount watched a draft than watched the actual watch final product. That's unbelievable. Watch, like it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's just on another planet. That's why, you know, VSIN, we provide every single sport, but you watch everything spike. When you start talking NFL, I mean, that's just, there's no surprise here. That's why you're so valuable. No. I mean, that is just an absolute insane spike that no other sport can contend with. And I think for us as a betting network, we'll have a better understanding of the NBA once they start to take it as seriously as we take it. But that's right. One thing about, that you have to be able to do as a better is try to see if you can reduce some variables. And the way the league is right now with multitude of variables, as good as JVT is at, at breaking down all these games, all his numbers are relevant because we don't even know if the level have, of performance has been standardized. We don't know that. You know, when you talk about this team's going at this pace, but they're not really, some of those guys aren't playing. It's hard to really do a statistical analysis when half the time, you know, Kyrie's got to go down to the shoemaker and get his shoes, you know, shined, and he's going to miss three days for doing that. Like, seriously, how do we know? Yeah, I know. Well, before we move on, are you fe- how are you feeling about your 76ers? Well, you know, I mean, look, they play, they play the Pelicans tonight. I mean, and it's a, to me, they, they have six games remaining. They have a two-and-a-half game lead. And it's to me, it's paramount that they get the number one seed. This will be totally a game agree. that they have to win. They have to win this game as bad as and go. And last time they went down there, uh, New Orleans beat them. New Orleans isn't even in the in the top ten right now. They're not even in the top ten. No, nope, so they're eleven. A game that they, they're eleven. They should be serious about this and play it. I thought they were. I mean. I didn't like the scheduling the way they had it. They had to go. They played San Antonio, had to fly to Chicago, come back to Houston. Kind of stupid. I mean, like, didn't somebody look at that and say, this makes no sense at all, right? Right. Like, why would we do this? And, and nobody, when that schedule came out, nobody knew we were all going to get shots and it, and it was going to be a little bit more open. I mean, can you imagine whoever put that in place at, like, during a COVID-restricted time? Really not very smart. So, you know, now they come back, they play home. And they've got to go back and, and take care of it. They got to, they got a lot of teams on their schedule that they can beat, and they have a two and a half game lead. And that's you know the Nets the Nets don't care. I mean the Nets aren't even challenging them. The Nets don't. I mean they lose last night. We we talked about that yesterday with Josh Applebaum, and you know everybody was concerned about it. You know, so we'll see. The Seventy Sixers though they I, I mean they just won three straight on the road. I believe it's up to five straight now. They're laying, that's a big number to lay just because you just mentioned the motivation. First off, the motivation's there for the 76ers home court throughout. They need it. They're great at home. But New Orleans has a chance to slip in there in the play-in. They're now just a game and a half back of San Antonio for 10. So these last six games for the Pelicans are their season. So it's a big number at nine to lay. Yeah, and, and now tonight, Steven Adams is doubtful for the game with a toe injury. So that means who's going to really guard the big fella inside? You know, yeah. uh, that, that, that becomes a problem. Steven Adams gives the big fella some trouble. He did the last time they played down there. You know, Quirk Maz is not going to play for the 76ers with an ankle injury, but he's the only guy on their injury report as of now. So, you know, that's where they are. And defensively, look, the big fella is tremendous. I mean, for the New Orleans Pelicans, he's, he's unbelievable. 
you know, there's no defense on that team whatsoever. Yeah, Ingram's out. Adams looks like he's doubtful, trending towards out tonight for the Pelicans. That's why you see that number all the way up to nine in a must-win scenario for the Pelicans. Um, okay, as we move, I think if it's providing buzz or juice, that's the the problem. I think the play-in would provide the juice that the NBA wants it, and obviously the anti take. They took it seriously. If but, they took it but serious, then their best player just their best player just dismissed it as something ridiculous. You know, he said know, whoever so created I, that ass should be fired. That's LeBron James's yeah. quote about the play-in. I mean, this is where Silver has to kind of like we're partners in this, fellas. Like you're hurting our business. It's it's a little bit. This is what they call in London. They call this a Ratner. And, and it goes back to when this man, Gerald Ratner, who owned a jewelry company in London, a very successful jewelry company worth over uh, half, a mil- half a billion, worth over half a billion dollars. And he got, in st- he got on stage at, at a huge economic summit, and he went out and they asked, and he was making a joke, and this is in the 70s, before the Internet, before Twitter, before any of the social media, before instantaneous conversations. And he went out and said, how do we make it at this affordable price? Because it's all junk. And he was, and everybody laughed in the building. His business, he went broke in 18 months. He was broke because he made fun of the product he was selling. And, and this is where I think Silver has to have a conversation with his partners. The players are his partners. You're pulling a Ratner on us. Everybody in England understands what a Ratner is. They use it as common language. Yep. And so you're pulling a Ratner. You're hurting our business. When you discredit what we're trying to do, you're taking revenues out of your pocket. Now, I know you guys are so wealthy, you don't care, but it hurts the product. It hurts the product. And I think that's where there's an absence of leadership in the NBA. I don't think there's any denying that. Well, I think you I mean, nailed everybody it. Loves, everybody loves Adam Silver because he doesn't tell anybody no. He's fostered he a relationship. No. He's fostered such a relationship with the players where it's not that, you know, Stern could be antagonistic, but he could be antagonistic towards the owners, towards the players. He was wor- worried about the product. It's almost like Silver's gotten too close to the player. He's protected. You know, what, what happened was that, you know, he protected the business. David Stern protected the business as much as he possibly could. He was going to stand on his ground to protect the business, the value of the corporations, of all, these, of all the teams. And he was going to be dogmatic in that approach. Now, who's protecting the, the business is, is bad. No one's watching. No one cares. The players don't care. They ridicule the play-in as if to dismiss it. How do you think ABC felt? If, you have the, if ESPN has the rights to the play-in and LeBron just said, ah, oh, it's ridiculous, nobody cares, you think, you think anybody's going to watch it? No. No. I mean, they're getting crushed right now in the ratings. Quickly, uh, as we transition, we'll have some uh, NBA picks tonight from Josh coming up in just a bit. So The Athletic, which you write for, yesterday reported that over the past couple of months, the Packers did indeed offer to make Aaron Rodgers the highest-paid quarterback, which makes him the highest-paid football player of all time, and the overtures were turned down by the Rodgers camp. Any surprise there? You know, I am a little surprised. I think that, you know, you'd have to find out what that actually, what they were trying to accomplish and what they were doing. And I just think to me, before you start throwing money at someone, you have to, you have to find out the root cause of the problem. And I think Mr. Murphy needs to get on an airplane and go sit down with Aaron Rodgers and have a heart to heart. And, you know, he's already opened up the avenue, but has someone reached out to understand the plight of Aaron Rodgers? And they're all worried in Green Bay. Every, everybody that I know associated in and around the team is worried that he's not going to play, and they're worried that they're going to end up being five and twelve. 
and they're going to be looked at as like, look, he carried them. And trust me, he I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares. I think he's content with where he is in life. You mentioned he might pull a Jim Brown, dip dip out for a year and come now, back. The que- the question then becomes, do the Packers go after him for the money? Because the Packers are owed thirty million if he does do that. Do they come after him? And how does that look? It's a sensitive situation, to say the least. When we come back, rookie running back props right here on the Lombardi line on a Friday. a member you get the free tools we provide at vsin.com i would just say literally it's all worth it just for tracking the line movements and the line movements we constantly talk about every better should get very comfortable and intimate with and we do a better job than anybody go to vsin.com we get the parlay calculator betting 101 info but you know that line movement tracking is so important you can do it right there at vsin.com start your free trial today at vcin.com and get going. Become a more sophisticated better. We welcome you back, Michael Lombardi in Jersey. How's the weather there, by the way? You know, it's supposed to be a little colder this weekend, but, uh, you know, it, it's still it's still in the high 50s, 60s, so we're not quite beach day yet, but it's nice. Okay, we'll get, the board, nice. get the board we're shorts good. ready. We can we, get it going. You'll be, you'll be good to go. Yeah. Josh Applebaum, go Market Insights is the pod <laughs> as we say hi. Uh, Josh, how's it? Nice haircut, buddy. Thanks. Got my ears lowered, guys. So, yeah, I should have done before yeah. the NFL draft. But, yeah, better late than never, I guess. Is it is it nice up there in the, in New England? It, it is, Patrick. And, and by the way, it sounds like you got some allergies. I've been going through that, too. It's rough here in New England with never the allergies. Never had them until it, I moved here. Never had them it, until I moved here. And I thought the desert air, like, I thought that got rid of the allergies. I don't know, Patrick. It's We're going to get you some... Uh, some Zyrtec or something, my man. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, Josh, just as you take a step, but we were just talking the NBA actually ended up being a very good conversation about, you know, we're, we, and Michael pointedly keeps on talking about when the playoffs start, we'll get involved because at least there's some yeah. knowns right now. It comp- continues to be an unknown, but congratulations on your Mavs play last night. I oh, appreciate it, Patrick. Yeah, so I'm with Michael. I'm totally with you here right now. I'll be totally honest with you guys. Spreads, unless it jumps out to me, like every box getting checked, you know, a sharp move, some kind of matchup, you know, with the Bulls last night, kind of that injury situation that favored them over the Hornets. Uh, unless you have that, to me, I'm really strictly a totals guy right now, uh, guys. I'm looking at a lot of overs. So one interesting thing, and Michael, I want to throw three games at you, and you help me pick uh, what your favorite overplay is here, because I think we have some opportunities. But number one, we've Before seen a steady – Start, but before yeah. you start, before you start, Josh, and get on a roll, I just got word that Joel Embiid today is questionable with a knee. We just talked about this game. Mammoth. That's why I wanted to hit you before we started. And the line went from nine. Now it's going to seven and a half. So Stephen Adams might play. Embiid might not play. Even though he played back to back, he played in Chicago. He played against Dallas and then played Chicago. Came back and played against Houston. 
played against Houston on a day's rest. And now after they played Houston Wednesday night, now Thursday, uh, Saturday, Friday, he's questionable, which means he's not playing. So take that into consideration. No, I, I appreciate it, Michael. And also you have uh, Brandon Ingram there. It looks like he's going to be out yep. for the Pelicans. So, you know, it, this is just the way it is. We talk about how hard it is with these injuries as we speak, an injury comes down. So that's just kind of the part of the NBA that right now is frustrating. But I think just to our point earlier with a lot of these overs, We've seen a steady increase to overs all season. We started off with unders doing very well. It was unders and dogs. And each month throughout the season, now we're getting into kind of the wild west of the season, the last you know six games or so in the 72-game schedule. Overs have done steadily better and better. And really what we're seeing is so far in the month of May, overs are 26 and 21. Nothing crazy, but you're about 55%. And here's the key. These non-conference overs, lack of familiarity, they're 13 and 6 in the month of May. And when the line stays the same or rises, they're 18 and 6. So a lot of this uh, to the over. So sometimes when you see this movement to the over, especially late in season, I just think it's like, if you have it's if it's so hard betting these spreads, not knowing who's in and who's out, sometimes these totals are really kind of the way to go if you still want to bet the NBA. So, Michael, the first one I'll throw at you, uh, Celtics and the Bulls. What do you think of this over here? Uh, no Jalen Brown, but you have the Bulls kind of back with a bunch of their big guys coming back, Vucevic, Levine. But, guys, saw a little, lot of over money here. It opened 222. It's up to 224. Uh, Celtics have been a big over team recently. They've been scoring a lot, not playing great defense. They're 6-0 to the over their last six. You you have some over refs in this game, Smith and Richardson, both about 54% to the over. Also have a system, uh, an over when the home team missed the playoffs last year and the road team made it, 136 and 110 of the over, 55%. And this would be that non-division over where the line stays the same or rises, uh, which is about 56%. So uh, kind of that lack of familiarity leading to more offense. Michael, first one up, any intrigue to this over 224? I don't like it at all, Josh. I think this has been the uh, the Bulls, if you look at their home games, have gone under in 11 of the last 13 games. Now you take out Brown and his 25 points. Where is that void coming from? And you, you look at, you know, the Boston plays at only the 20 fastest, fastest pace in the NBA this season while Chicago ranks 13th. And I think that both teams will play a gritty-type game. I don't like this one. I don't see this one going over as easily as some of these others, only because the previous two games, these teams produced only 198 points. There you go. That was some good information coming back. Throw them another one there, Josh. This is good. I'll throw another one, Michael. How about T-Wolves in the Heat? This is another one that caught my eye. Uh, this is a play kind of on a T-Wolves team that scores a lot, is very bad defensively. They're actually the third worst defensive efficiency team in the NBA. But this one open, kind of similar sort of thing, 224 and a half. It's now up to around 226 and a half. So this thing is rising. This would be that non-conference over that rises. This would also be two teams that are decent to the over. T-Wolves 35 and 31, Heat 34 and 32. Uh, these teams did meet last time, April 16th. Uh, the, the final score, it landed on 230. It was a 119-111 win for Minnesota. And these are teams that are trending over recently. The Wolves are 3-0 their last three. They heat quietly, guys, out of nowhere. We think of the Heat as a slow-paced team. They're 7-0 and to the over their last seven. So, Michael, any does this one interest you at all? Not at all either. Uh, you know, when you look at this, <laughs> I, I think both of this is about pace. I think this is about pace. I think when you look at Miami, it has had a run of seven straight overs. But when you look at the home games this season, they average only 216 points per game in those home games. So when they're back home, they seem to play much better defense than they do on the road. And I think you need to separate that at times. So for me, I think when you look at this, the, the Timberwolves, you know, they're 9-8 and eight against the spread since April 1st. And 
Anthony Edwards has kind of cooled down a little bit for sure, but this team does match up well with Miami. I think they slow the pace down. I would not be a fan of betting this game on the over. We got one more, Mike. I got one last chance before I strike out here. Houston and Milwaukee. What do you think about this one? This is a play on a little bit of a line well, to the did over you watch 230. Houston play the other night? <laughs> Houston, they, they don't play defense. So maybe this one's a little more intriguing, Michael. Go. You're right. Sixth worst defensive uh, efficiency team in the NBA. Milwaukee, the fifth best offense. Milwaukee, unless they, you know, kind of screw us later today and and maybe rest some of their big guys. As of now, everyone's in three and four to the over their last four. And also these non-conference overs, two thirty or higher. The overs, fifty-eight percent. So, Michael, did we get a winner there? Is that an, is that a possibility? I like this one because the last time they played it was one forty-three to one thirty-six. The Rockets won the game, believe it or not. It was only their two wins in the last 10. And Giannis left that game early with an ankle sprain. So I like this one. Kevin Porter Jr. had a great game. He had a career-high 50 points in that game. No one's playing defense in this game. One for two. <laughs> well, no, well, they, you do one mean, for three part of at, at your own risk. If you're a baseball player, that'd be a good percentage. When we come back, we'll talk baseball with Josh Applebaum <laughs> coming up next. Become a member, you get the free tools we provide at vcin.com. I would just say, literally, it's all worth it just for tracking the line movements. And the line movements we constantly talk about, every better should get very comfortable and intimate with, and we do a better job than anybody. Go to vcin.com, you get the parlay calculator, betting 101 info. But, you know, that line movement tracking is so important, you can do it right there at vcin.com. Start your free trial today at vcin.com and get going become a more sophisticated better we welcome you back michael lombardi in jersey how's the weather there by the way you know it's supposed to be a little colder this weekend but uh you know it, it's still it's still in the high 50 60 so we're not quite beach day yet but it's nice okay we'll get it's the nice. board get the board shorts ready we can we, get it going. you'll be you'll be good to go yeah. josh applebaum market insights is the pod <laughs> as we say hi uh josh how's it nice haircut buddy Thanks. Got my ears lowered, guys. So, yeah, I should have done before yeah. the NFL draft. But, yeah, better late than never, I guess. Is it is it nice up there in, the, in New England? It, it is, Patrick. And, and, by the way, it sounds like you got some allergies. I've been going through that, too. It's rough here in New England with never the allergies. Never had them until it, I moved here. Never had them it, until I moved here. And I thought the desert air, like, I thought that got rid of the allergies. I don't know, Patrick. It's We're going to get you some, uh, some Zyrtec or something, my man. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, Josh, just as you take a step, but we were just talking the NBA. Actually ended up being a very good conversation about, you know, we're, we, and Michael pointedly keeps on talking about when the playoffs start, we'll get involved because at least there's some yeah. knowns. Right now, it continues to be an unknown, but congratulations on your Mavs play last night. 
I appreciate it, Patrick. Yeah, so I'm with Michael. I'm totally with you right now. I'll be totally honest with you guys. Spreads, unless it jumps out to me, like every box getting checked, you know, a sharp move, some kind of matchup, you know, with the Bulls last night, kind of that injury situation that favored them over the Hornets. Uh, unless you have that, to me, I'm really strictly a totals guy right now, uh, guys. I'm looking at a lot of overs. So one interesting thing, and Michael, I want to throw three games at you, and you help me pick uh, what your favorite overplay is here, because I think we have some opportunities. But number one, we've Before seen a steady – Start, but before yeah. you start, before you start, Josh, and get on a roll, I just got word that Joel Embiid today is questionable with a knee. We just talked about this game. Mammoth. That's why I wanted to hit you before we started. And the line went from nine. Now it's going to seven and a half. So Stephen Adams might play. Embiid might not play. Even though he played back to back, he played in Chicago. He played against Dallas and then played Chicago. Came back and played against Houston played against Houston on a day's rest, and now after they played Houston Wednesday night, now Thursday, uh, Saturday, Friday, he's questionable, which means he's not playing. So take that into consideration. No, I, pr I appreciate it, Michael. And also you have uh, Brandon Ingram there. It looks like he's going to be out yep. for the Pelicans. So, you know, it, this is just the way it is. We talk about how hard it is with these injuries. As we speak, an injury comes down. So that's just kind of the part of the NBA that right now is frustrating. But I think just to our point earlier with a lot of these overs, We've seen a steady increase to overs all season. We start off with unders doing very well. It was unders and dogs. And each month throughout the season, now we're getting into kind of the wild west of the season, the last you know six games or so, the 72-game schedule. Overs have done steadily better and better. And really what we're seeing is so far in the month of May, overs are 26 and 21. Nothing crazy, but you're about 55%. And here's the key. These non-conference overs, lack of familiarity, they're 13 and 6 in the month of May. And when the line stays the same or rises, they're 18 and 6. So a lot of this uh, to the over. So sometimes when you see this movement to the over, especially late in season, I just think it's like, if you have, it's if it's so hard betting these spreads, not knowing who's in and who's out, sometimes these totals are really kind of the way to go if you still want to bet the NBA. So, Michael, the first one I'll throw at you, uh, Celtics and the Bulls. What do you think of this over here? Uh, no Jalen Brown, but you have the Bulls kind of back with a bunch of their big guys coming back, Vucevic, Levine. But, guys, saw a little, lot of over money here. It opened 222. It's up to 224. Uh, Celtics have been a big over team recently. They've been scoring a lot, not playing great defense. They're 6-0 to the over their last six. You some over refs in this game smith and richardson both about 54 percent to the over also have a system uh an over when the home team missed the playoffs last year and the road team made it 136 and 110 of the over 55 percent this would be that non-division over where the line stays the same arises uh which is about 56 percent so uh kind of that lack of familiarity leading to more offense michael first one up any intrigue to this over 224 I don't like it at all, Josh. I think this has been the uh, the Bulls, if you look at their home games, have gone under in 11 of the last 13 games. Now you take out Brown and his 25 points. Where is that void coming from? And you, you look at, you know, the Boston plays at only the 20 fastest, fastest pace in the NBA this season while Chicago ranks 13th. And I think that both teams will play a gritty-type game. I don't like this one. I don't see this one going over as easily as some of these others, only because the previous two games, these teams produced only 198 points. There you go. That was some good information coming back. Throw them another one there, Josh. 
this is good. I'll throw another one, Michael. How about T-Wolves in the Heat? This is another one that caught my eye. Uh, this is a play kind of on a T-Wolves team that scores a lot, is very bad defensively. They're actually the third worst defensive efficiency team in the NBA. But this one open, kind of similar sort of thing, 224.5. It's now up to around 226.5, so this thing is rising. This would be that non-conference over that rises. This would also be two teams that are decent to the over, T-Wolves 35 and 31, Heat 34 and 32. Uh, these teams did meet last time, April 16th. Uh, the, the final score, it landed on 230. It was a 119-111 win for Minnesota. And these are teams that are trending over recently. The Wolves are 3-0 and their last three. They heat quietly, guys, out of nowhere. We think of the Heat as a slow-paced team. They're 7-0 and to the over their last seven. So, Michael, any does this one interest you at all? Not at all either. Uh, you know, when you look at this, <laughs> I, I think both of this is about pace. I think this is about pace. I think when you look at Miami, it has had a run of seven straight overs. But when you look at the home games this season, they average only 216 points per game in those home games. So when they're back home, they seem to play much better defense than they do on the road. And I think you need to separate that at times. So for me, I think when you look at this, the, the Timberwolves, you know, they're 9-8 and eight against the spread since April 1st. And... Anthony Edwards has kind of cooled down a little bit for sure, but this team does match up well with Miami. I think they slow the pace down. I would not be a fan of betting this game on the over. We got one more, Michael. I got one last chance before I strike out here. Houston and Milwaukee. What do you think about this one? This is a play on a little bit of a line well, to the did over. Did you watch Houston play the other night? <laughs> Houston, they, they don't play defense. So maybe this one's a little more there intriguing, Michael. Go. You're right. Sixth worst defensive uh, efficiency team in the NBA. Milwaukee, the fifth best offense. Milwaukee, unless they, you know, kind of screw us later today and, and maybe rest some of their big guys. As of now, everyone's in three and four to the over their last four. And also these non-conference overs, 230 or higher, the over's 58%. So, Michael, did we get a winner there? Is that a, is that a possibility? I like this one because the last time they played it was 143 to 136. The Rockets won the game, believe it or not. It was only their two wins in the last 10. And Giannis left that game early with an ankle sprain. So I like this one. Kevin Porter Jr. had a great game. He had a career-high 50 points in that game. No one's playing defense in this game. One for two. <laughs> well, no, one, they, you do one mean, for three, pardon me. At, at your own risk. If you're a baseball player, that'd be a good percentage. When we come back, we'll talk baseball with Josh Applebaum <laughs> coming up next. get style points but you can when a team hits a home run bet a dollar to win a hundred Yankees or Nats that hit a home run tonight in the Bronx VEASAN 100 is the bonus code got to be located in Colorado Iowa Indiana Michigan New Jersey Nevada Pennsylvania Tennessee Virginia West Virginia if you have a gambling problem please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado Nevada and Virginia 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey Pennsylvania West Virginia 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana call or text redline 800-889-9789 in Tennessee we welcome you back he is Michael Lombardi there on the right of your screen Josh Applebaum right dead in the middle Market Insights is the pod you can find GM Shuffle 
uh, from Michael as far as the podcast. They're both authors as well. Can I get the baseball conversation started, Mr. Baseball, if you don't mind? And Josh, I'd be curious to hear what you think of this. A three-game series starts up in Detroit. I could talk about this Detroit team. I know it very intimately. Uh, the Twins come to town. The two worst records in baseball, one expected the Tigers, one not expected at all. The Tigers have the worst offense in all of baseball. It's not even close. But anyway, here's the matchup. Shoemaker, who's been horrible for the Twins, and Scooball, who's been equally as bad for the Tigers, although it's even worse because we have expectations for this kid. Uh, but he has been horrible. He doesn't strike out anybody hard contact every time you watch them now here's the thing about shoemaker michael i'll start with you 783 era for shoemaker who's a michigan guy by the way with the twins not any good but here's where it gets interesting he has been dominant in his career and when i say dominant seven starts five and one a 0.79 era his debut this year shoemaker came against the tigers six innings pitched one earned and three hits so, again, when you look at the number of the Twins just laying $1.38 here, understand Shoemaker, yes, he's been horrible, but against the t- Tigers, he's been absolutely dominant. No doubt. And I think when you look at the Tigers, they've averaged 7.3 runs in games in their last series against the Red Sox, but that's a little misleading in the sense that their offensive success came from a lot of errors by by Boston. Yep. And Shoemaker's dominance against Detroit throughout this should be able to hold on. And I do like it. I think the five, the, the, when you look at it throughout his career, he's allowed just one run and three hits in six innings against them back on April the 5th. So I like that here. I think it's a three-star play here. And Josh, I had a friend text me, actually my producer, he just texted me, he bet the Twins t- team total over four and a half because he expects the Twins, whose offense, you know, uh, Buxton and Cruz have been rem- remarkable, uh, to go over four and a half for the Twins. What do you got on this one? Well, I was just going to say that over is intriguing to me, Patrick, because you know, I just saw uh, your Detroit Tigers who gave my Red Sox a tough time here. Uh, they're like kind of like the Pelicans in the NBA when you talk about offense. They're actually, believe it or not, I think uh, on the year, they're still kind of an under team, 19 and 13. But you do have Minnesota 16 and 12 to the over. And the Detroit, just from what I've seen this last series against the Red Sox, they're scoring a lot. They're kind of pesky. They don't have great pitching here. And my angle for this game would be if you want to take a shot on the over nine, that's intriguing to me because the wind is blowing out right now. Uh, Patrick, back in your your native hometown here, you know, it's, it's blown dead center here. It's kind of a decent day in Detroit. Wind blowing out, two high ERA pitchers. Um, so I'd be looking at an overplay there. That's kind of intriguing, that over nine. Okay, there it is to get us started with the baseball. Josh, we'll keep it going. You got, by the way, did you hear Mr. Baseball? He's on the Mets tonight, which I like. Uh, the Mets are laying a little cheaper price than we expected. I think it's a dollar thirty. You want to comment on Michael's play there? Yeah, so I don't mind that at all, Michael. Yeah, open minus 125-ish, up to minus 130. That would match to me as a uh, favorite with a very low total. I love these sort of situations where if you're on the favorite, the the total on this one is only seven. You kind of game theory it out. You know, if there's only going to be a few runs scored in this game, more likely uh, you would think they would come from, quote-unquote, the better team. So the Mets there laying uh, laying that kind of short number. I don't don't hate it at all, Michael. And again, you'll get Arizona against lefties this year, only two and five. So you might have that in your back pocket as well. 
That's what I liked about it. And the fact that, you know, the Mets have been have at least showed some signs of, of coming out of their April slump. You know, uh, Francisco Linder, uh, you know, he was ended at 0 for 26 skid. I mean, so I'm hoping to get a little bit of offense from the Mets and not leaving me at the altar with good pitching and no offense. So I hope this will work out. Okay, let's go to Cleveland. Miley in Cincinnati in town taking on Plesak. Plesak's getting bet here. He's up to 140 on most books. Open right around $1.30, Josh. Yeah, Patrick, I really like the tribe in this one. You're looking at Cleveland here. So interleague matchup, in-state matchup here. But you have some angles here with Cleveland that you may enjoy. So number one, uh, it's kind of a split ticket count. Even slight public is saying, hey, these teams are somewhat even. I'll take the Reds and plus money. However, this move toward Cleveland is really interesting. They open around minus 130 at home even split or slightly reds yet the lines moving further to Cleveland Cleveland's now up to around minus 140 I'm seeing some shops even like minus 145 you do have Cleveland playing great right now they've won five straight they just swept KC uh, the Reds just split against the White Sox here but with that move toward the Indians you also have a favorite with a low total of eight here but what I like guys interleague line movement this is key and Patrick you mentioned earlier you know going to vsin.com using all of our software to look at line moves they're they're really important but in interleague play, whichever team the line moves to in interleague play, that team has gone 27 and 16, 63%. So that kind of speaks to if there's smart money come in, you got to play the style of baseball of the home team in interleague play. Uh, that would match with Cleveland here. And also, uh, no Joey Votto. He just broke his thumb. That's a guy in the middle of their lineup that they're going to be without here. And also Cleveland, 9-4 is a favorite. Uh, and Cincinnati, only 4-6 and six is a dog. So, Michael, what do you think? I know Miley's numbers are pretty decent here, but would you, would you ride Cleveland, a pretty hot team here at home? I like Cleveland. You know, like you said, they won five in a row. And I think Plastic, you know, he, he's had two bad starts before, you know, Sunday when he went five and point two innings and he shut out the White Sox. So I think he's doing much better than his 4.7 ERA indicates. And last year he finished with a 2.28. And I think he faces a Reds team that scored just one in two games against the White Sox this week. So I like it. I do. I think this is a good matchup for the Indians. I think Plessick is a better pitcher than his ERA indicates. I would take the Reds here. Seattle struggling in Texas tonight. Flexing on the bump for Seattle. Fultonavich, just quickly, when Fultonavich was, he was ridiculous for about a year and a half with Atlanta. And then I don't know how athletes lose it, but he completely lost it. I don't know if it's confidence thing, but... He's back here with Texas, and he's laying a little bit of a price, 116 with Seattle in town. Yeah, to me, Patrick, this is a really sharp line move on the Rangers if you want to sweat the Rangers here. So uh, the Rangers are playing great. They just took three or four at Minnesota. They were like a plus 160 dog all four games in Minnesota, and they won three out of four. So if you had uh, backed the Rangers in that series against the Twins, you're, you're feeling really good. They really came up huge for dog betters. You also look at Seattle, Patrick. They lost two of three, and they just got no hit by John Means here. So what I like about this one is the public is split. They don't really know where to go. They say Mariners have a better record, but they're not playing great. Rangers are playing well. What do I do? They're right down the middle. However, big move here to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers open at some shops like a plus 105, very short dog. You actually open with the Mariners as a slight favorite. And this is one of my favorite systems, this dog-to-favorite line move, because we've now seen Texas get flipped all the way to – 115 minus 116 some shops are even getting maybe it's like minus 120 that's a pretty big move here that would match a system i like steam 15 cents or more off a win 57 percent this year and michael i think you're playing uh the red hot bats of texas in this one they're they're hitting 237 which is 13th in baseball not bad but seattle is dead last in hitting this year they're only hitting 201 worst in major league baseball so michael what do you think do you like that move toward texas in this one 
And they're second to last in OPS at 639. Uh, Fulinitz is, to me, he has come back a little bit. He's showing yeah. signs of life that Patrick indicated. I mean, he's 1-0 in his last three starts with a 3.12 ERA. And, look, he's facing against some bats that are not very good. I mean, like you mentioned, Means pitched the no-hitter against them. Seattle has a hard time hitting softball hit pitching. So <laughs> I, I think the Rangers are pretty much the play here, if you believe in Fulinitz, to be able to return to the way he's pitched the last three games. I totally agree. We all three concur. Let's go Tampa Bay come from behind win last night uh, against the Angels. Rich Hill on the bump, Manea, and we're going to go. Looks like Tampa Bay's getting bet off the 138 opener for Oakland and Manea. Yeah, Patrick, you're right. Uh, break up the Rays here. That's another team that in that series against the Angels, a clean, a clean sweep. And again, came back, came back big last night. And Tampa Bay was pretty much a dog in all those games there. So uh, on the flip side, Oakland, uh, great record here, 19 and 14. But um, they just split with Toronto here. They lost their last two. On the surface, the pitching matchup looks like it definitely favors Oakland. Manaya's three and one, 3.48. Rich Hill has struggled. He's one and one with an ERA like 6.39. But I like about this one, guys, is the public says give me the better pitcher Oakland better record better team at home yet Oakland open around minus 140 they're down to minus 125 so you've seen some money come in here on Tampa Bay with with plus money uh they'll match a lot of systems this year dogs with a line move dogs off a win uh sweet spot dogs plus 140 or less and you have seen the Rays this is kind of the spot that the Rays have been really good in on the road the Rays are 11 and 5 and as a dog the Rays are 9 and 6 so they get they seem to get up for these games when maybe they're being undervalued but Michael what do you think I know it's a tough spot against Oakland but you think the Rays can keep it going here well, the last, the first four matchups when these two teams played, uh, they stayed under the total, and you would think that it would stay under again. But in in the relatively low number, the over with with Manassa starting is four and zero. So you know, Oakland's bat they lead the league in home runs. You know, that's a such a low total. I kind of think the over may have some value here. Typically, everybody's going to bet the under because of these two pitchers. So I, I definitely would like that play on the over just slightly. If you can get it, if it goes seven and a half, I mean, I think that's a pretty good number. I was thinking about the Rays last night, Josh, as I was watching them. And the Angels, listen, the Angels are a disaster right now. They just released Pujols. Uh, their rotation is a joke. But I, I was thinking about, actually, Haney pitched pretty well last night for the Angels. But... The Rays, when we're talking about the NBA and just starting point of effort, the one thing I, you're talking about the Rays, it doesn't matter if it's July, if it's August, whatever it is, they're going to give you 100%. And that's what they did last night, digging themselves out of a hole last night to beat the Angels. Always 100% effort with the Rays. Great point by you, Patrick. Yeah, this is a team that, you know, they they seem to always be good. You don't really, you can't name more than a couple of players on their team, right. but they, they change their lineups, the way cash manages. That's why I think as a dog, good effort team, uh, to me, that's uh, with plus money. It's hard to ignore. Yeah, I like them as well. Michael, enjoy your Friday. Thank you. Thank you. Got to go shopping Mother's Day. Big You better get Millie something now. Maybe a oh, Birkin, maybe a Birkin bag. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's the suggestion. We'll do it. Don't worry, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. You, I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Just a little reminder. <laughs> Josh, enjoy your day as well. We'll see you both tomorrow, okay? All right. Appreciate that, it. See you tomorrow, early. guys. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line coming up. Coming up next here on v the Nuts. 